if you're good to go and I'm good to go, and this cat, as you can see, is making himself into a ball. Good to go. He's also good to go. He's good to sleep. And welcome back to the MLS Now podcast. We have another wonderful episode. And as always, I am your host, Russell. You can follow me on social media at Mr. Danger Russ. You can follow the podcast on social media at MLS Now podcast. We are very close to the end of the season. The postseason is in our grasp. It's just, you know, around the corner. October 21st is coming up. We have a few matches between us and Decision Day, as well as a few international matches. So, we can't quite call it Decision Day time yet, but speaking of Decision Days, we have a co-host here who made us a decision to join us, and we are very appreciative of that. Similarly, though, there was a co-host that decided to ghost us so rudely last minute for quote-unquote more important things. We won't call Bryce out by name, but just know that a host decided not to be here. Now, the host that did decide to be here, rising up the power rankings, the number one host. You can find him on social media at Lions Blog One. It's Gavin. Hello. This is a Gavin Appreciation Podcast now. Love to hear it. Yeah, I uh, was pretty devastated by the news from... He who shall not be named. Right. We we will not release his name for privacy reasons to respect his decisions. But just know that that Bryce we is not Bryce here. to join the join the podcast. Yeah. Right, and he didn't. So. Nice. so so we won't speak of Bryce anymore. Who is not on this podcast? Um, I I dig Gavin Appreciation podcasts. I will also call out that you called me a host. Not a co-host. So I'm glad you understand where I stand in the pecking order. Well, that's all right. In the notes, you're still a co-host and you're in there multiple times as a co-host. And the notes would never lie, Gavin. Never. They would never lie. Not even once. Now, Gavin, I would like to stop talking about appreciation podcasts because every podcast you're on is an appreciation podcast. Instead, I want to talk about quotes from musical artists that i appreciate one host that i one host look at this you got me saying host now too many times <laughs> one artist that i appreciate was featured on a track and a quote stands out to me where they said stop me if you heard this one but every hero needs a villain gavin that's the topic that i want to talk about today it's a galaxy brain take it's 5D chess, maybe even 6D chess. I don't know how many dimensions this chess match is going into. Messi and Miami. Bear with me now. I know it, I said the name again. I said Messi. Messi <sighs> and Miami are a perfect villain for MLS. Think about it here, okay? My, my proposal to you. Everyone loves to root against Miami now. Unless you're a Messi fan, in which case you root for Miami. You root for Messi. But otherwise, if your team's playing Miami, you want Miami to lose. If your team is not playing Miami, you want Miami to lose anyways because you're like, 
I don't want Miami to win. I don't want to see Messi in the playoffs. So everyone roots against Messi and Miami. Hey, Ronaldo fanboys root against Messi. Yes, exactly. The, he's been a villain for Ronaldo fanboys since the beginning of time. Yes, since he was born. Right. So point being, people need a classic antagonist. You can latch on to them. You can be a, you know, a grade A hater of Messi, whether you are a temporary hater who still admits that he is the GOAT, but you want to see him lose because he is not on your team, or whether you are a Ronaldo fanboy who just prays for his downfall every day, afternoon, and evening, does not matter, because I think that could be Messi's greatest contribution. If you're a casual fan, our team's playing Messi tonight, and imagine the next day you go into work and you talk to your coworker, hey, how was the game? We beat Messi, and you're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, Messi, he's a big deal. Our team's good enough to beat Messi? Whoa. And if you lose, it's like, oh, man, it's like, can't believe it. They went and got Messi out here, and he's taken down all these other teams. He probably didn't even know about this league a while ago. It's so easy to pivot to talking about Messi in one direction or the other. So, yeah, it's, Gavin, I'm just I'm spitballing here. I'm coming to the end of what I have in my mind. But I think, like they say about publicity, no publicity is bad publicity. If villain Messi in his villain era, so to speak, to another fan base, if villain Messi is what it takes to get people involved, to get people talking about the league, to get people something to latch onto, to root for or against is what it takes, I'm here for it. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a piece of the Messi puzzle. It's weirdly a benefit because if you think about online soccer culture and football culture, especially on Twitter and Instagram, it's all about dunking on other teams, other fans. A lot of it is, you know, oh, your rivals lost a key game, point at them and laugh, hee hee ha ha. Or my favorite player uh, slide tackled your key player and won the ball off him. And so we're going to post a a video about it and say your player is trash and my player is amazing. It's very tribal like that the sport is as a whole, but especially online, it's times 50. And so anything Messi does in this league is going to be pinpointed, whether it's good or it's bad. And a lot of times I think people are going to come out and talk about the bad stuff. If he misplaces a pass, if he skies a shot, if he does anything wrong, people are going to come out. And I think that it it's because of what you're saying. He's the villain. He's the bad guy. If you're not for, if you're not rooting for Miami. And so anytime Messi fails, you're rooting, you're rooting against him as a MLS fan. Everyone was rooting for Mess for Messi and Miami to miss the playoffs. Everyone was. One, because they were a threat if they were to make the playoffs. We saw their run in the League's Cup. They were they were a threat. And if you're saying otherwise, you know, you're you're spitting 
falsehoods, not facts or spitting falsehoods. So I, yeah, I think they are the villains that they have become the villains. Do we need villains? Yeah, but there were villains. Teams do not like playing Philadelphia. Right. Teams no do one not likes like the referees. Team, the referees are usually the villains. Yes. But like Philadelphia, very aggressive team, tend to get away with stuff, right? They they get away with a little bit more than they should. And so they're a villain. And then you can look at some specific players. Uh, on Atlanta, when Escobar was there, Franco Escobar and um, Gonzalez Perez. Or you think of like Diego Chara. He's always kind of been a villain because, you know, he's like the yellow card merchant, but he also gets away with a lot of yellow card tackles because he gets a lot of yellow cards. Uh, Jose Andres Martinez for Philadelphia. So yeah, there's villains everywhere. I think Messi and Miami are just another villain, and that's because they've gone out and got Messi, and they're getting all the publicity now. So yeah, it, uh, yeah, they're another villain. Yeah, I agree. But I think, like we said, if your team is your hero, every hero needs a villain, Gavin. Yeah. And they are taking that mantle very quickly. Absolutely. And if they go out and get even more players like Luis Suarez to come over here and play on that team, add fuel to the fire. I hope they get Suarez because then they have to get rid of one of their. Well, they're going to get rid of Martinez. Two strikers. I hope they get rid of Campagna. I'd love to see Campagna somewhere else. He won't. He'll, he'll be there. He because he's on a team friendly contract for that level yeah. of player. Yeah, they'll get, they'll get rid of Martinez, who is, I think, on the downside of his career. He's going to end up replacing Jossie Zardes at Austin or something. You see, the Orlando City fan in me wants to say um, Joseph Martinez is washed. Well, he is, but. (laughs) Washed alert, fraud alert. I I wouldn't say he's a fraud. I think it's just he never he never recovered after the injury. Never to the same level. I mean, that's it's a horrific injury. Few players would overcome it. So yeah, villains are necessary in the sport, always have been around. Uh, Messi and Miami are one of them. I agree. Right. Drives narratives, sells newspapers, yep. gets clicks, yep. drives engagement on social media. It's time spent looking at the screen. Even if you're hate watching, you're watching. And that's all they care about. Yeah. And it's a big name. And again, it, it makes it easy, 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 easy. Everyone knows who Messi is. Even on the pitch, it makes an impact. I mean, every single team that plays Miami next season. That's one of their biggest matches of the season. Right. And Miami are going to have to cope with that. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they do. Absolutely. All right, Gavin, I will gently move us on from talking about our super villains in Messi and Miami. I think... For as much as people say, oh, I'm sick of hearing about Messi, it's there's a reason for it. And I think this, in my mind, is one of the reasons, maybe even a driving reason. Well, yeah, and, you know, the league, I think, oh, 
I don't know if you can overdo it with Messi. He is the greatest player of all time. But the league did kind of overdo it with Messi when he first arrived. And so that got, you know, that was people's first impressions. Eye rolls, everyone's talking about it. Um, it's died down a bit. I think it's gone back to more standard levels. But whenever you bring up Messi, it's like, ugh, can we talk about something else? No. Not That's you specifically. Your like anyone we can never talk about anything else gavin that's not how mls works anymore Messi's here i don't know if you know well we're gonna spend a whole podcast talking about the rest of the teams in our beloved league right well we're gonna talk about Messi anyways in a in a few minutes further down the uh further down the list here but we will start with not Messi in our match recaps for the week full slate once again 14 matches an insane amount of soccer, especially because that's all on one day in like a four-hour period. Ridiculous. Unacceptable. Way too much. Way too much soccer. Anyways, Atlanta won. Columbus won. The late, 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 late goal by Miles Robinson, saving a point at home for Atlanta. Cucho, who else, scores the goal for Columbus. And Gavin, ultra fun fact here, zero Yellow cards in this match. Clean. Wow. Yeah. Very shocking. No reds either, for the record. For someone out there who's like, okay, but how many red cards? Zero for that as well. Zero cards brandished in this match. That's a really fun fact, actually. So, from a result standpoint, this matches my feeling of the two teams. It, it came down to the wire. In fact, it came down past the wire. It was plus five on the clock, and they scored in the 97th minute. So, must have been some time wasting there in extra time or an injury or something. But, that being said, when I personally think of Atlanta and Columbus this season, they're very similar in my mind, they've both had their ups. They've both had their downs. They are now both in pretty good form heading into the playoffs. I know a lot of people have Columbus as like a favorite to get out of the East. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. If you think, if you think Atlanta aren't a favorite to get out of the East, then you don't think Columbus are a favorite to get out of the East. I, I really do see them as neck and neck. They're right next to each other in the table. They're Again, they both have their ups and downs this season. They both like to play attacking soccer. They don't have the best defenses. They're very similar teams to me. And on the day when they play against each other, 1-1, I think is a fair result. It's just terrible that it came right at the death for Columbus. Right. And giving up goals late was an issue for them last season. It was frequently talked about. And it's not like Wilfred Nancy has come in and they've stopped giving up goals late. They've continued to see this sort of trend this season as well. So it almost makes you wonder, when is it not the coach? Yeah, could be the players. Uh, Orlando City, I think, in both games against them this season have scored after the 85th minute. And of course, we had that huge uh, comeback win where we were 3-1 down and went 4-3, scoring lots of goals after the 70-somethingth minute. So yeah, it's definitely a trend. They need to work through it. And it's going to be interesting how they do in the playoffs. Agree, agree. 
And yep. both of them will make the playoffs. They have both oh, yeah. clinched. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We're going to go to someone who has clinched not a playoff slot. It's New York Red Bulls 3, Toronto 0. Toronto officially clinched the wooden spoon with this match, with one match to spare. So they've secured their own version of a trophy for this year. They're four points behind Colorado. Can't possibly catch them at this point. Better luck next time, Toronto. Rough start for Herdman. Lost 3-0 to Charlotte. Lost 3-0 to New York Red Bulls. Yeah, extremely rough. But it really just comes down to the quality at this point and the team standing in the season. They know the season's over. Uh, I feel like no matter what Herdman says, they're not going to go out there and get results. Right. So... I mean, they their first they they had a good first half, I think, or a competitive first half, I should say, and then they give the ball away, essentially in their own box, two v one for the goalkeeper. They're one zero down, and it's just at that point, it's just like, oh, here we go again. So I think that's what ended up happening. New York Red Bulls run rampant, rampant at home, three zero. Important win for New New York, not New England. Extremely important win because it keeps them in the playoffs conversation. Yes. If they did not win this match, if they only got a draw, they would be potentially out of the playoff conversation, depending on how other results go. With Decision Day coming up, a win, and I think they're in. I think so because... Well, not quite. They have to get some help. Because if Montreal win, they would be four points ahead. Correct. And if Charlotte beat Miami twice, they would jump over them. This is also true. However unlikely that is. It's unlikely. So they need some help from Miami, who are eliminated. Spoiler alert. And some help from Montreal. But for the most part, it's really in their hands. Their destiny is in their own hands. Because that would be a lot to happen. Two wins for Charlotte and a win for Montreal. Especially with the form. Or not the form, but like how good those teams have been this season. And knowing that Montreal plays in Columbus. Yes. Yep. Yep. So either way, New York Red Bulls win and the conversation becomes, you know, then it becomes a conversation, but just go win. Need to win. Yep. Yep. They need to do their thing. Right. Here's a, my fun stat. I, it's not fun at all. This is actually dismal. Toronto had one shot on goal and 14 fouls. That is an that is a small ecosystem of what it is like to play at Red Bull Arena against New York Red Bulls, who I would argue are another villain team in this league. Yeah, people can't stand facing the Red Bulls. I wouldn't want to play the Red fouls. Bulls in playoffs. Wow. If I'm being honest, and it wouldn't necessarily be because I, you know, would be worried about losing to the Red Bulls, but rather I would be worried that I'm going to get past the Red Bulls and have like three guys suspended. 
You're worried about losing players to the Red Bulls. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's fair. All right. Well, Gavin, I'll move us on. We're going to go to very exciting, huge, important match here. Clinching the number two spot in the East, Orlando City, with a victory 3-2 over New England Revolution. Gavin, congratulations. I would like to give you a very, very brief air applause. I appreciate that. Actually, well, no, Gavin. Oh, here we go. Gavin, I can give you a great applause. Here you are. You've earned it, Gavin. You've earned this. Congratulations. Really well done, Gavin. All right, you're done. I'm, I'm not Thank, giving you the full. Yeah, uh, no, you don't get the full 36 seconds, but you can have 28 seconds of it. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, it was a lot of hard work for me this season. <laughs> No, uh, thank you. But who would have thought? You well, and me. me. Who would have thought? I, I did. Look I at picked, us. I picked Orlando to pick to end number two at the end of the season when we started this. Yeah, but who would have thought? One and two, you and me. Oh, well, neither of us. Neither of us picked Cincinnati one, Orlando City no, we two. we both picked Philly, I believe. Yeah. So, he, look, 3-2, uh, not even close to how the two teams performed on the day orlando were the dominant team new england had a few long shots and surprisingly an error from galese from a long shot from carlos heel should have been a routine save he bundles it into the net that makes it 2-1 we go up the field and score again and then right at the end of the game they take a long shot again and it deflects in Three two. It was like so weird. We were clearly the better team the whole game. The game could have finished five zero with better finishing and more luck on defense, but that was the the way the game went. But hey, we clinch number two in the East. I believe we clinch two in the supporter shield standings as well. Is that correct? I don't or do we think still so. have St. Louis battling us? I think St. Louis is nope. I lied. You've clinched it. Yeah, we clinched two in the Supporter Shield as well. And so that clinches us for CONCACAF Champions League. So we are back in it for two years in a row. I never thought I'd be saying that uh, when we went out uh, earlier this season. So, yeah, uh, great stuff. Really, really happy with the way the team's playing right now. And I think we are real contenders to get out of the East if we can put it all together in the playoffs. I hope not for the record, yeah. but right, yeah. If that we'll were see. the case, you guys played very well this season. So, congratulations the team, again. The team's confident. The, yeah, you know, all the noises coming out of the club are they're confident that they can make a run this year. Um, hopefully, hopefully they can make it past the first round because we haven't done that since the twenty twenty season. Right. Well, if the season ended, no, it won't matter when the season ends. At this point, you are actually 
guaranteed to play Nashville. Yep. So, so we have the best of three series against them. Right. Yeah, because Nashville cannot so get be- above seventh and they cannot fall below seventh either. So you will best three against Nashville. It's going to be pretty difficult that. That will be interesting. Nashville should be a meat grinder for a best of three. Just from the way that they play. Yes. In yep. a one-off, it's different. In a best of three, whoo. And if you think about it in League's Cup, their style worked. So It did. It did work. We have our... We have our uh, work cut out for us. So, Yes, you All do. All right, on to the next. Right, enough about Nashville. We'll talk about them after this match where Cincinnati ends Miami's playoff hopes. Cincinnati winning 1-0 over Miami. Miami's out, Gavin. The villain has been defeated. It was just too much. It was too many points to make up. It was um, well, and I think you know the injury probably does not help. Jordi Alba, even then they had to also go being eight, out. Yeah, they well, eight it, wins, one draw. Gavin, we even that might not have been enough with the way the season's going to finish. We expressed skepticism, and our skepticism has indeed appeared to have paid off. I think we also said playoffs would probably be around like 43 points a few weeks ago, and 42, 43 points is looking pretty smart as a prediction. So gentle gentle pat on the back for us on that one. I think you specifically. Right. Well, Well, I didn't want to to be too proud of myself there. I'll let you take the credit for this one. You can even do the claps if you want. I'm good. One was enough for me. So how'd the game go? Was was Miami... Competitive? Were you guys trying really hard? Was it just a dull match? Yeah, so this was this was a weird match is what I'm going to call it. We definitely rotated. For this match, as you would expect, I mean, we we rotated the match before this as well. And if I'm being honest, I expect us to rotate against Atlanta as well. We started a better. Backline. Specifically, I think we started our starting back line. I believe we started. We started, uh, oh gosh, our midfield, normal midfield. And then we actually had Sergio Santos starting up front instead of Bupenza, which I thought was very interesting because Santos got into a lot of positions that I would have expected Bupenza to score from. And Santos did not score from those positions. So. Cincinnati had the opportunities to be further ahead than 1-0. And when Messi came in in the 60th minute and it was still tied, I was nervous. We saw an interesting tactical substitution from Noonan, though. He put in Yuya Kubo around the time that Messi was coming on. And Kubo essentially marked Messi out of the game. Just stayed on top of Messi. That was his job. And I think he did Important it really task. well. Right. Absolutely. Did it really well. And I think with how good Messi is, it's worth it to almost take a man out of your defense and your offense to just mark him out of the game. It's right. almost worth it at that point, especially yeah. when you don't, you know, the other players aren't 
even close to as threatening. When it's Luis Suarez and Messi and Neymar, like, yeah, you can't do that. But you can when it's when it's the <laughs> some of the other players out there, right? Yeah. So, but I, I think Kubo did very well in kind of cleaning up the midfield. Overall, it was a very, I would say, clinical match from a coaching standpoint for Cincinnati. Not clinical finishing-wise. They had chances they should have finished, and there were a few scares for Cincinnati as well. So it was it was good, though, overall from the tactics. They figured out a way to keep Miami mostly quiet. And then Bupenza with an absolute banger of a shot that Calendra couldn't hold on to, and Barrial was there to finish it off. So we... We got from Bupenza what we expected, which is someone who can take unbelievable shots. And Barial has just been a revelation this year. And I will miss him very much when he is gone this winter. Where's he going? Don't know yet. He, he's not going to stay here, though. There's no way. There's way too much interest in Barial. And really? I wholeheartedly believe he'll probably be sold for more than Brenner. No. Yeah. Wasn't Brenner sold for like... 12 or something? I think Barrial will be more expensive. I mean, he has been incredible this season. Incredible. Yeah. Like I said, like I said a few weeks ago, I never saw this from him. He used to be someone I always considered a at best second stringer. And he's a key player in the supporters shield winning Cincinnati. It's pretty crazy to me. So I think he may, I mean, hopefully he stays. No, he won't. He, there's too from what I've heard. There's teams that are already asking about him. They're already inquiring. That's a bummer. Yeah. There's already going to be multiple bidders. He had, I think opportunities in the summer and the team did not want to let him go because they wanted to Won see the out trophy. the season. Right. And the offers will absolutely be there for Barrial in the winter. So how much you guys pay for Bupenzo again? 7 million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's been worth it. Right. I mean, he's got, I think he's got eight goals in the matches that he's played. So the third best goals per minute based on players who have scored at least five goals this year. So decent, decent, really good scouting. For Miami, at this point, I will be interested to see what they do against Charlotte. They can play spoilers for Charlotte, or they could roll over and get Charlotte in. I don't know. I really don't. You guys were away, right? We were away indeed, yes. Should we talk about the protests at all? The protests? who That... I don't think came to be. There was a little bit of a protest still, right? They didn't. Uh, Yeah, I mean. So the fans rightly feel that they were, I think, being taken advantage of. Yes. Season ticket prices went up immensely because. Right. And it because of the social media, right? The M word. Yeah. And then as well, you have tons of people reselling their tickets. And it is creating an atmosphere that is different. I mean, 
But here's the thing, Gavin. It's not unique to Miami. Every single team where Messi has played or even been expected to play has been resold like crazy. And even like other teams are even cashing in on. I mean, look at Chicago. Chicago sold out Soldier Field and then Messi didn't even travel there. Right. Yep. Yeah, so I think the fans have every right to protest. It's just hard because the team has every right to raise prices for Messi coming in. It is a business after all. I don't know what they're going to do when Messi's gone, though. Are they going to cut their ticket prices by 60%? No. Those prices are never probably going down. I think I think they would have to go down because when Messi leaves, it's a the demand is going to drop significantly. It's going to drop to the back to the people who want season tickets and the few that stay on after Messi leaves. Not the few, I shouldn't say, but you know, the people who got season tickets or they, they came to a game to see Messi and they really enjoyed it and they became fans. Like that's kind of the whole point of bringing a player like Messi. Those fans will stay on. They'll want it, but not everyone's going to stay around. Right. Which is you okay. just, you which just okay. hope enough do. You hope enough do, but either way, they're going to have to drop prices back to what standard is. We'll see. Unless they just keep buying stars. Yeah. But we'll no see. one gets as big as Messi. Well, yes, we will see. I will admit, I, I thought you were talking about a different sort of protest. So we will talk about that one much later on. There's another protest? Yeah, Gavin. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The Minnesota match. I missed that one. Ooh, Gavin. Ooh. We'll get to it. Okay. Stay okay. tuned. All right. We are, however, going to continue down the list. We're going to go to Philly 0, Nashville 0. After all the excitement, after all these fun matches, I'm not going to lie, Gavin, I don't have a lot to say about in this match. Instead, I just have a question for you. What happened to Hani? Has anyone seen him? Do we need to put him on a milk carton? Damn. Is Gary to blame for this? Did he do this? Hani cannot keep... It, it, it was bound to end at some point his insane run. And it can't keep ha- it, it, it couldn't keep happening. It just couldn't. He couldn't go and, and drag the team to win games at the rate he was doing it by scoring and assisting all of their goals. Especially when his support cast is not great. They've had some injuries to some key pieces, Randall Leal, right? A much more but, key player for them than I think people realize. Oh, yeah. Huge player for them. Replacing CJ Sapong, what he brought a few years ago with Teal Bunbury. All respect to Teal. I think he's a great player, a good asset to the team. 
I just don't think he is starting striker quality that Nashville need. And he's playing a lot of minutes for them this season. And I th- I just think, you know, Surridge hasn't worked out right now. I mean, he he hasn't, if we're being honest. He's been okay, but he hasn't been Bupenza. He hasn't been Rossi. You know, those players have come in and have done a good job, have scored goals, have been important and key wins for those teams. And Surridge has come in and... He's kind of been another striker in the league. Similar to Portland's striker. Similar to Minnesota's striker. Like, he's just another striker right now. In my eyes. Right? Am I just talking smack? Like, Gavin. How many goals does he have? I want to talk about Nashville's form. We're going to work. It's not great. It's not great. We're going to work backwards. This draw against Philadelphia, obviously. They lost to Orlando, and they got a draw against Seattle. They got a draw against San Jose. They beat Sporting Kansas City. This was their most recent win. That was September 20th, three weeks ago at this point. Okay. They got a draw against Charlotte, a draw against Miami. They lost to Atlanta 4-0. And then they lost to Cincinnati. 3-1. Do you think League's Cup is catching up with them? Like, the minutes? Yeah, I mean... The additional minutes on top, um, whereas everyone else kind of played a little bit and then got some significant rest? Well, okay, actually, here's... This is an interesting thing. So, Atlanta was the first match post-League's Cup. Pre-Leagues Cup, they had lost to Cincinnati, lost to Philadelphia, lost to Chicago, and they Mm. beat D.C. United. Mm. Okay. Weird. I mean, they started off really strong, and then they've kind of just been coasting since the middle of the season. I, I think that's just kind of what I meant last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago at this point, where I was just saying, like, Gary isn't convincing me. It's just very middling, mad, like soccer. I don't know. So, yeah, Serge has zero goals in his seven MLS appearances today. Yikes. I really Not thought great. he was going to be the striker that they needed, but at the moment, no, uh, it's not working out for him. Now, to be fair, he's only started half the time, but still. No, I don't know Gary, if he's injured or whatnot. Gary did that with Ake Loba, too. He started half the time, and then he just stopped starting entirely, and then he just stopped playing entirely. Yeah, but Loba was... Yeah, but I mean... Not good, and he, I think he had some off-field issues, but yeah. Well, the point being, I mean... There's a pattern. Gary doesn't seem to trust strikers, it feels like. Not the ones they're signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia, real quick. Are they a realistic threat in the East? Or no? We don't have to go too far into it. I would say they're still a threat in the East, and they are a team with enough depth and aggression and stamina and sticking power that they will probably 
be a dreaded matchup for most teams in the playoffs. I okay. think they get through round one, and then once you get through round one, you've played minimum two, maybe three matches. If you might be getting tired legs, Philadelphia could be a rough opponent. Round one opponent is likely going to be Atlanta. Unless Atlanta lose, Nashville win both their games. Very unlikely that Nashville win both their games on their form. Or Atlanta, Atlanta wins, wins New England away to Cincinnati and New England lose out, which is also unlikely, even though they have a tough schedule. Right. So let's go with the assumption of Atlanta. Yeah, I think Philadelphia can come out on top against Atlanta. And then... It would be, I think, with the way it works, it'd be Philadelphia versus the winner of Orlando and Nashville. Orlando-Philadelphia would be a very interesting match because I yes. I would guess that Orlando moves on in a best of three against Nashville in current form from Nashville. I would hope so, but yeah. Okay, that's enough on a 0-0 game. Right, yeah. We spent way too long on a 0-0 than what I had intended, so I'm going to move us to something exciting again, Gavin. Montreal 4, Portland 1. This is just one of those times that MLS just does weird things. Yes. I Hilariously, I don't know if it's hilarious. Interestingly, they're actually super close to each other in terms of performances. They're within like two points of each other on points earned that are within a you know spot or two between the East and the West, I think. Yeah, Montreal's in eighth place in the East right now. Portland is in seventh place in the West. I mean, they're solidly middle-ish table, bottom of the playoff table teams that seemingly have had very, very, very rough starts to the season and kind of figured things out, sort of, maybe, question mark? Oh, am I, yes, yes. Uh, so Portland, very off brand for them got transitioned on like crazy Montreal just counterattacked 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 and they had Apoku Sanusi and Kyoto up top and Portland couldn't deal with it which is really odd because they've been doing a good job of being structurally sound on defense and then they've been the ones doing the transitioning so I don't know if they just got a little too aggressive and then they conceded one and then they got too aggressive after that and conceded another. And they, you know, at that point they're pushing for whatever. I, I just think something weird happened in this game that caused them to be so open on defense. I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, this, I agree. This is a weird result. Uh, not one that you would particularly expect out of these two teams going against each other. But hey, Montreal were in a must-win scenario, so maybe that's what happened. They were just really up for it. Yeah, and I mean, Montreal are not necessarily guaranteed to still be in the playoffs either. It's I No. I think they're must-win, or it, I think at least must get a result at yeah. minimum. Oh, they were also um, last home game of the season tax. Last home game of the season tax. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Road's not yet over for Montreal. Portland is also not guaranteed a playoff spot, though. So this loss does hurt them. Absolutely. I mean, it, it yeah. is unbelievably tight in the West. Minnesota in 11th place are two points behind Portland in 7th. So, again, some of these teams getting a win on decision day and others losing could see them knocked out of playoffs or scraped by by the skin of their teeth. Really, really exciting. Decision day is going to be really, really exciting. But this weekend's matches, there's only a couple. Those are going to be really intriguing too. Right. There will be some movement. It will give us clarity on decision day. Yes. Now, speaking of clarity, Gavin, I want to talk about some clarity that we have now from this next match. DC United 2, NYCFC 0. We now have clarity that Wayne Rooney is no longer the coach of DC United. And we have clarity that DC United, despite sitting in ninth place right now, a playoff spot, are in fact eliminated from the playoffs. (laughs) Yes. And to our listeners who are confused by that, that is because Chicago play... Is it DC? No, DC is done for the season. DC, that's what we're talking about. Who does Chicago play on decision day? New York City. Yeah. That's what it is. Is that the match? Is what the match? Yeah, so Chicago play New York City, and no matter the result... Correct. If Chicago wins... They are eliminated. Yeah, Chicago wins, they vault DC. New York City wins, they vault DC. And Chicago draws, then they still vault DC. How do they vault DC on a draw? Though? Oh, because of the points. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay, okay. you know, on that on that thing that is determined. I was looking at tiebreaker. I was looking at tiebreaker. Well, yeah. Don't even need to so, go that far. <laughs> no, they point the points tiebreaker. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, I think this happened a couple seasons ago as well, where someone was in seventh, but they weren't. They were out because because of this exact scenario of the two teams playing each other on the final day. It's crazy. Really fun, fun trivia fact. Five, ten years from now, there's going to be like a next call trivia, and they're going to say what team in 2023 was eliminated from the MLS playoffs, despite at you know the end of their matches sitting in a playoff spot <laughs> dc united right wayne rooney yeah abandoned so, ship well so wayne rooney is in theory going to birmingham city in the championship yep. side note yeah they currently sit sixth in the championship for now i'm sure wayne will take them down to 16th by the time all said and done I have no idea why they got rid of their coach who had them in sixth, but. Because Wayne Rooney is a legend in England. A legend. Well, he's going to be a legend that takes them from contending for promotion to barely staving off relegation. Is there an equivalent in America? Maybe if Wondolowski. Was a coach? Mm. No. Yeah. Then no. I don't think there's an equivalent. Like literally, team many teams in England 
would get rid of their coach to have Wayne Rooney at the helm. Even Which just is mind because blowing. of his playing days. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Just dumb. Okay. Uh stinks for DC. But yeah, NYCFC still have hope. Have hope. They would Isn't need, that crazy? I think they would need some help though. Even if they beat Chicago, I think they would need some help from some other results going their way. Because they would be sitting on 41 and some other teams could get past 41 as well. Red Bulls and Chicago would have to not. They would beat Chicago, so they would jump Chicago. They would need help from Miami. Right. So Charlotte can't pick up too many points. And then they would need help from the Red Bulls. Right. Lots got to happen. Did I already say that? I might have already said that. That's all right. A lot's got to happen, point being, but they still have hope. Which is insane considering the season they've had. And if Charlotte lose they continue to live so again what it just more matches to see all of this just to get knocked out by cincinnati in the best of three but likely yes <laughs> that is the presumed outcome for whoever makes these slots yes aye, aye, aye. all right all right let's move on, on we're gonna to go to it's another barn burner of a match gavin Austin 2, LAFC 4. Austin officially out of playoffs contention. Apparently, Wolf was given the seal of approval. They're keeping him around. That's an interesting decision in my mind. A very interesting decision. So, a lot of people I've seen this season say the take that since so many managers have been fired, that MLS is starting to be more ruthless. I disagree. I think what's happening is managerial performances were going on too long and they all kind of came to a point this season. Savarese is one of those managers that got fired. He could have gone last season. It didn't happen last season. It went on too long. He went this season. Bradley, okay, this was, what, his second season, so we'll give it to him. Uh, Who are some of the others that lost their jobs? Heath. Heath? I mean, he shouldn't have even signed a new contract, in my opinion. Uh, Miami? Neville did not need to go into this season. Um, But also, to be fair, they gave him a terrible squad to deal with. Uh, the Red Bulls coach, Struber, dumpster yep, fire. Gerhard Struber. Last season was a dumpster fire. Right. Nick uh, Cushing still lost? has too still. long. Yeah. Yeah. Surprised yep. that he's uh, not gone. Frazier in Colorado. He could have gone last season. Yep. So, like, I, I just, I don't know. I think some of it is just all of these managerial changes. Most of them came to a point this season, came to a head. And... This is, is this an example of a team holding on too long? I think yes. Wolf? Yeah, I think yes. Yeah, here's my, yeah. here's the follow-up. There's a lot of managerial openings right now, and there's bound to be more open later. Do you want to be a team that gets a jump on the managerial search, or 
do you just say there's way too much competition and we don't think we'll be able to attract a good manager this year, so we'll wait until next year when there's been more churn? But I, I don't yeah, know that, if I would feel confident about that because why would you want a manager that has presumably been fired somewhere and is open or did not get a new contract somewhere and is open and that's the person you think you want to bring in? So. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that. that's fair. The market is pretty insane right now. I mean, who was the team that had Phil Neville as one of their considerations? Portland. Portland. Yes. I'm sorry. Don't Phil do Neville that to should yourself. Should not be in consideration. He can apply. I think Robin he can say hi. Was, was it also Robin <laughs> Frazier was another yes. consideration for them? I think so was Ezra Hendrickson. Yeah. I'd like to see him get a second shot, but I don't know if Ezra in Chicago. and the way that he plays would be okay in Portland. No. Frazier's not. the only one that I could think of that would do decent. I think any of the coaches listed would have to show that they're willing to try something new than what they tried out of a different team. And yep. they're they'd have to prove it basically in their interview process. I agree so. with that take. Okay, on to the match. Bowanga, Patrick, right? Or was that last game? No, that was last game. This okay. He got a measly brace this game. So five goals in two matches. He's slacking. Should have been obviously much higher, I know, Gavin. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Five goals in two matches is just simply not enough. Gavin, I, this is going to be a strange question. Are you convinced by LAFC? No, 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 no. I'm not. Are you? I struggle to be because they've had a pretty sizable win over Austin. They blew out Minnesota, but then they had that rough ton of a you know run, rough run of opponents. Right? St. Louis draw, Philadelphia draw. RSL loss. They're gettable this season. They're they gettable. have double digit losses. Yeah. And I know some of that's down to whenever it comes to LAFC, a lot of people reference the matches, amount of matches played, but it's true. They have played a lot of matches. A lot of the, a lot or some of those losses can come down to that. Guess what playoffs but is. Playoffs is a lot of matches. Yep. They're facing, are they locked in to fit? Not quite. Whoever they, they face in the best of three, I don't th- think it's a gimme that LAFC are getting through that. I I mean, there's a lot of different options, unless something crazy happens and like, I don't know, SKC end up in seventh, right? But looking at, RSL, Vancouver, Portland, San Jose even. I don't think any of those are automatically LAFC wins. Yeah, well, Vancouver, they couldn't play until later on. And RSL, I don't oh, think yeah. they could play. There's too many points. Yeah, I, I don't think they could play RSL. Maybe they could. I mean, you would need the right results to go, but... Okay, yeah, that's fair. So it would be more Portland, San Jose, Dallas, SKC. Okay, okay. Maybe even Minnesota. Portland and San Jose are the two for me, but Dallas, SKC, I could see them being 
a little bit more comfortable in those matchups. Potentially. But that's just the first round. Right. It is the first round. I'm just, yeah, I'm not convinced by them. I agree. I'm not fully convinced. They're a good team. They will be a playoff contender, but I don't, I wouldn't call them a favorite this year. Yeah. Do they have enough to make it out? I don't know. I could see them getting, getting bopped somewhere in there. Right. But they do have Bwonga on red hot form. Yeah. Absolutely red hot. As hot as Houston were in this next match, Gavin. Houston five. Colorado one. Colorado, unfortunately, despite their best efforts, cannot get the wooden spoon this year. Toronto's locked up that award. So unfortunate Colorado. Better luck next year. No trophy for you this season. Houston had eight shots on goal, and five of them were goals, Gavin. That is amazingly clinical. Yep, and amazingly bad defense from Colorado. (laughs) Well, look, look, Gavin, I'm trying to hit the positives here. Positives, positives. Positives. No, yeah, Houston Houston were just passing around Colorado in this match. Some comeback goals, some just... It's too, not too easy, but it's almost like a training session at times. Right. And look, I, I think Colorado knows where their season is as well. They've been eliminated for a little bit now. And unfortunately, I, I think it's the end of the season. You're riding it out. We know what we know about Colorado. I don't want to take too much from this from Houston. I mean, I, but they're still a good team. Houston will be a tough matchup. In the playoffs. It's just more form for them. Really. It just helps them build that form heading into the playoffs. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beware. Anyone who plays Houston at home, that's that's going to be a tough out. And uh, Quinones is really, really getting into form. Oh, yeah. Two goals in this match. The best possible time of year they could be getting into red hot form is right now. All right, well, let's stick on red-hot form by talking about Minnesota 5, LA Galaxy 2, with a red-hot Pookie party. Four goals for Timu Pookie. Four, Gavin. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's unacceptable. How many did he score before this game? Let's check that. He had a couple, I think. He, yeah, he didn't double his tally, I I think. But he might have increased his tally by like 50 to 80%. So he was on six goals. He is now up to 10. So another, another performance like that in, you know. And he can miss out to Denny Buonga by five goals in the Golden Boot Race. But just think about it, like players go the whole season and score 14 goals or 10 goals. Even players right. go the whole season, play 10 goals, score 10 goals. And he just like jumped there in one game. Yeah, just... he's done that in under half the season with how late yeah. he came in. He's done that in like a third of the season. Pretty good. Definitely, definitely inflates his numbers for sure. But um, right. yeah, really Meanwhile, clinical performance from him. Unfortunately, Galaxy are eliminated. Yeah, that was coming. They couldn't put it all together. They had like no. that one 
purple patch where they played like two games and got results, but just week after week, it was like, okay, LA Galaxy need to do it this match. Okay, they need to do it this match. Okay, they need to do it. And then each time they didn't do it. So, right. Yeah. Unfortunate. That is the way the game goes, though. And are they in a transfer ban? Did they already serve their transfer ban? The transfer ban will not impact them going forward now. They, okay. It okay. was the summer window. They were not allowed to register any players who required the transfer of an ITC. Got it. And but then only they were for able this to summer. Make a, then they were able to bring in like Billy Sharp anyways. Right. Because I, I guess he was a free agent. Yeah. And so. the same thing with one of their center backs. It was a free agent as well. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, they got destroyed in this match. That's about that. On that. Right. So for Minnesota, vital win. Absolutely vital. They're a point behind ninth. They sit in 11th right now for the record. That's how tight the West is. is They are 41 points. Portland, who are two points ahead of them, are in seventh at 43. So basically in a win or else mode for the final match of the season. And on top of that, they're going to need some help. Now, they're a team I could see pulling off. Let's say they get through the into the eight, nine slot. I could see them pulling off an upset against St. Louis. I couldn't see it against St. Louis. Okay. I could see them pulling an upset against LAFC, but I don't know about St. Louis. Okay. Well, I don't think we will see that matchup because it would be 8v9. They'd have to get through that, and then they'd have to play St. Louis. But right. Well, but one-off games, a lot to anything can happen. Yes. Yeah. Now, this was the match, by the way, Gavin. So this was what you missed, the oh, broadcast debacle. Yes. I so did hear about this. The yeah. broadcasting team from Minnesota has been negotiating, they said, for seven months with Minnesota. And Minnesota has not wanted to give them a contract. So they were striking. They asked other broadcasters to not cross the picket line. They asked fans to not cross the picket line and to join them outside the stadium. And so, yes, MLS had to broadcast that on MLS.com, not on Apple, using not the commentating team that I believe they had initially planned to use. So yes. And we will see if Minnesota decides that this is finally the call to action. They need to actually go negotiate and get a contract for this production team. Well, when it comes to that, you hope they will come to some sort of agreement. Because they're gonna, there's they're gonna be in some hot water with the league, with Apple, if they're not able to adhere to that contract. Right. Not, I mean, it's been seven months, Gavin. Yeah, that is. Look, contracts take a long time. Anyone who deals with drawing up contracts and getting them signed and negotiated, they seven months isn't as long as it sounds. I'll just say that when it comes to contracts. 
but they need to figure this out sooner rather than later. They need to set up some uh, some daily meetings, maybe instead right. of get a tentative days. tentative <laughs> agreement, an agreement in principle. Get that in yeah. place. Get the get the people who approve the contracts all on the same meeting. Hash it out. Let's go. Right. No more of this email negotiating BS. This back that, and forth. I would guess that the demands have long been discussed and both sides know where the other side wants to be. Figure it out. Yep. All right, yep. Gavin, we're going to move on. We're going to figure out this 1-1 draw between Dallas and San Jose, a result that only hurts both of these teams. I think it hurts. Yeah, it hurts both of them. I think it hurts San Jose a bit more. One less game to play. That's true. Dallas has two matches left to play, but I mean, can't take it for granted. Dallas did not have any major outgoings this offseason, right? No. And in fact, they didn't. No, I think Dallas did have a number of injuries this year, though. That's fair. You knew where I was going. Right. Extremely disappointing. Ariola was injured for a long time. Yeah, yep. I think Ferreira was in and out for national team duty. Velasco was in Velasco and out. Velasco was in and out. Um, what's his face? Uh, Queen Gnome? No, no. Legette? No, yeah, Legette. Sebastian okay. Legette. I was like, he's... Was, wasn't he, like, dating, like, a model or something? And Bro, I don't know. I feel I like know. everyone keeps up with Legette but me. I didn't even know he traded until like two weeks after he did <laughs> yeah point being they had legit and he was injured yeah they've they've had so many guys out yeah okay that's fair but just to go from fourth to where they're at this season struggling to make the playoffs in the biggest playoff chunk season ever i don't know it's just dis- just disappointing it is not ideal yeah, so, uh, yeah, we can give that up to injuries. San Jose have kind of disappointed over the past two or three months as well. They had Agreed. a strong middle of the season. I think a slow start, strong middle. They're having a slow finish as well. Agree. 1-1 one, one sounds about right. Yeah, it's... Like we said, doesn't help either team. To your point, hurts San Jose a little bit more. Dallas does play LA Galaxy and that might be enough to play that team and Should get over the enough. line. So Should and prior enough. to that they play Colorado. Okay. They so, should be honestly they should be in an automatic playoff spot by that point. You'd hope. I mean, you would hope they'd pick up six points from that. But again, anything can happen in this league. Watch them shoot up to like fifth. <laughs> possible will i be changing my tune no right i I would agree oh my gosh imagine we got like a a houston dallas best of three dude someone has to make that happen oh that would be awesome all right here's what we need to do we need to get dallas to fifth and keep houston fourth we need Seattle versus Portland best of three. So get Portland to sixth. And then 
so you, so you want Vancouver in seventh against yeah. LAFC? Yeah, let's see that. Vancouver versus LAFC in seven. And I could see Vancouver pulling an upset in that too. Yes. And then Saint and then okay, St. Louis has to face Kansas City. SKC. SKC. Yeah. Oh. The rivalry. The yeah. The rivalry best of threes. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Well, you wouldn't be be watching all the matches, that's for sure. You would only be watching a single match because they would all kick off at the exact same time on the exact same day. I would be glued to my couch and I'd have all of the games going on all at once. That'd be amazing. You absolutely would not. We can only hope. Right. Are there any rivalries in the East? I guess Atlanta versus Orlando City could happen. We could see a round two Hell is Real. Hell is Real, yep. Potentially round two. It wouldn't happen the first, but... Yeah, a single elimination knockout. Hell is real in Cincinnati would be something. Who's Philadelphia's rivals? Is it DC? Or is it the Red Bulls? Uh, It's everyone. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Anyways, Anyway. Yeah. We're going to move on. We're going to talk instead about an extremely significant match. Not even. Not even in a sarcastic sense. Chicago zero. Charlotte Two, immensely significant because Charlotte are alive on 39 points in 12th place with two matches to play against a Miami side that is unlikely to play Messi, unlikely to play Jordi Alba. Might not, might not play Busquets. I don't know. They have nothing left to play for. They're eliminated. They might just fully rotate. Charlotte could find their way into the playoffs with good results. And beating Chicago was immensely vital to giving them the margin of error to do that. I am consistently shaking my head over here because Chicago come off that huge win against Miami at home and they followed up with that performance. I mean, come on. Come on. MLS. This is why whenever we're saying like, oh, this team needs to win out. This team needs to win out. And they do this. This team, blah, 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 blah. It's just never going to happen because these teams aren't good. Chicago's not good. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. How can you, how can you do that against Miami in a big match? Fans all up for it. Sold out stadium. Next week against Charlotte, who've been struggling this season, you do that. Ugh. Yeah, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Maybe they'll make it because they'll beat New York City FC. Who knows? But impossible to say. <sighs> They're at least they don't deserve to go far in the playoffs if they do make it. Gavin, don't worry. They will. They're not. not going to. Yeah. They will not go far if they make it. Yes. Yeah. Very important match. Charlotte, they could make it into the playoffs, say they had a successful season, and then they'd get two to three matches against Cincinnati and call it a call it a season. Right. Or if they somehow win both. No, even winning both, they'd still only get to eighth, ninth. So, yeah, I mean, Nashville's locked in in seventh. So. Yeah, but potentially three matches against Cincinnati, that would. 
Latanzio has to go for the record. Yeah. 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 Okay. We agree yeah. there. No controversy. It's been enough time. He's another it one that's lasted yes. pretty long. Too long. All right. Got two matches left. Gavin, another exciting match. Legitimately exciting, too, with everything that happened. RSL 2, SKC 3. Justin Glad sent off with a red card in the third minute. And then they go 3-0 down. And then. And then. Take it away. And then, Gavin. They almost come back. Just about, yeah. Just about. And they did it with Chicho going off injured in a 28th minute. If Chicho was on, they come back, maybe, maybe win? Maybe? No? You think Chicho does not score at least one goal, maybe two? I don't think they win, no. Okay. I think at most they get a draw. At most. But the comeback was pretty crazy. The way it happened. They get the second goal and you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. Oh my gosh, it's going to happen. And it, and the didn't. ball just didn't fall for them. But you just hoped it was going to happen because that would have been peak MLS after dark. But right. it wasn't to be. We all collectively had our fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Odd match. Odd match. Agree. SKC, 10th place right now, must win. It's a must win. I I don't even want to think about SKC potentially making the playoffs. They could. Here's the thing. Do you know who they play on decision day? Um, SKC? They do not play I themselves don't. on decision day. No, I know that. I know that. I don't know who they play. Who do they play? Minnesota. That's what I was going to say. I thought I remembered seeing that. Okay. Wow. Minnesota versus SKC. Who's home? SKC. Ooh. Is that a win There's in your a chance. scenario? Or it's they need a, some help? It's a win and your... Pr- you have a good Most chance of being in. Right. Okay. Because wow. Portland plays Houston. So you'd need Portland to presumably lose. And they could go in. You, and need, you would need to be dropped from Portland, San Jose, and Dallas. Right. One of them. Yeah. So you're right. You do need a little bit of help around. Dallas probably is not going to drop points. Because we know who yeah. they play. <laughs> so you're hoping that, and 14. Yeah, you're hoping that Austin, who are eliminated, can play spoiler against San Jose. And then. Yeah, and then you hope that Portland falters. So these scenarios are just crazy. This crazy. Awesome. Point being win. Win if you want any hope at all. I just I don't want to think about SKC first 10 games of the season having one of the worst starts in MLS history. I will keep saying it. I think top three worst start. And now they're going to be in with a chance to make the playoffs. 
to to win MLS Cup potentially? No, no, I'm not here for it. Well, they're not going to win MLS Cup, but but they have a chance because they're making the playoffs. They have a chance if they make the playoffs. Yes, if. big if, huge if, if I can already see the the Twitter and Instagram posts calling out that scenario. Oh, and they would be justified in doing so. Yes, they would. It'd be an insane achievement, but it would. The league would have allowed it based on the new rules this season, but whatever, whatever, whatever. Grumble, 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 rabble, rabble, rabble. Gavin, let's talk about our last match. A shocking zero, zero draw. Seattle zero, Vancouver zero. I'm stunned that there was not at least a goal, potentially more in this match. Yeah, there's a lot of pretty good chances in this game. A lot of chances, a lot of action. Vancouver had chances. Seattle, though, like found some gear in them at the end of that match that they must not have known or they must have been saving for the final 15 because they were unbelievable and just couldn't score against Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver, I don't I don't know how much time Vancouver spent outside of their own half. In that final stretch. For most of this game, it felt like Vancouver were in their half from what I remember. Yeah, well, and granted, Vancouver does play that way. They like to play in the transition. But I mean, it. I don't know if they even transitioned. At all in the final 15. In the final 15. Yeah, no. Um, They're going to say for most of the match, I was going to say, yep, uh, they, it was very rare when they would get the ball into the. Seattle half, but right, yeah. The, at the end of the game, definitely uh, it was a lot of one-way Seattle. traffic. Yep, Vancouver were holding on for dear life. They were, and they did. They held on. They got and their point. Vancouver is the type of team that can hold on for dear life and still find a way to win, and really frustrate the other team just yeah. because of how long they can hang around. So, I mean, Vancouver is going to be a a weird match for anyone in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. They're one of those teams I could legitimately see like going out in the first round on like two matches, or I could see them making it to like the conference finals and people being like, how are they here? Yeah, I honestly could see that it would be quite a run um, for sure. I don't see them getting out of the conference finals. I don't see them be getting out of the conference, but I could see them flitting their it. way there. I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yep. They're such an entertaining team. Absolutely. They don't make any yep. sense at all. None at all. They they don't attack enough to get as many points as they do, but whatever. 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 All right. That's that on that, right? That's that on that. Gavin. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we call it a night? No, we've got a we've got a week off coming up. I think we do good. have a week off, and we'll have to find something to talk about. Well, I won't be on the next Monday's podcast. I I forgot to tell you that as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, Thanks. Yeah, I can't do Thursday, and I can't do next Monday. Well. I might be able to do next Monday, actually. 
Well, which one is it? Well, well, well. No, well, I'm not going to do Monday. I'll be getting. Gavin, what's a hole in the ground with water at the bottom? Oh well, <laughs> I get home from New Orleans Monday at like seven, so I don't think I'm going to want to podcast at nine. Okay, well, Gavin, you never show up at nine, anyways. Little no, little look behind the curtain here. <sighs> Gavin never shows up at nine. I do sometimes show up at nine. I had to cook tonight and clean, and I didn't even finish cleaning the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Took me like 30 minutes to cook, by the way. 30 whole minutes to cook. Well, once I started cooking, I had to do the pre-work, which was making the rice and pressing the tofu and cutting the vegetables. Okay, I count cutting the vegetables in with cooking. For the 30 minutes. Get this man cooking classes. I need him. Badly. Once again, as always, if you are a chef and you would like to teach Gavin how to cook, you can find him on social media at LionsBlog1. If you would like to commend the podcast in any way, shape, or form or harass the podcast in any way, shape, or form, you can find the pod on social media at MLS Now Podcast. And if you would like to do neither of those things... You can find me on social media at Mr. Danger Russ Gavin. Thank you very much, as always, to Bryce, who we're not important enough for. You missed out on a great show. Listeners, thank you, as always. Till next time. Till next time.